Good morning, Kesha. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? I'm doing very well. It is, uh, it's Labor Day weekend and it is beautiful outside. And that yes. makes, that makes me a little bit worried that, the, that, that people are going to uh, gather in large groups. <laughs> well, the one thing they won't be able to do is gather at any bars late at night. Well, that's, they can show up early. They can show it's Labor Day weekend. Nothing's going to stop them from drinking early. As <laughs> I said, they can show up early. I know our. I know that uh, that our listeners. That this is not a uh, a YouTube show, and it's just the audio. But I am. Um, I just noticed the fact that we're both wearing purple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are. Maybe there's some some wavelength going on. The, the purple action is happening today. It's a color of royalty. It is. The difference is that you're like, I'm still pseudo workout wear. Ah, but you you're the, but you're the dressier side of purple. That's okay. But I think they both, if they both represent royalty, maybe you're like the, the queen of the workout these days. I'm not queen of the workout. I'm still queen of pastry. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, look, I'm expanding your, I'm expanding <laughs> feel, your repertoire. But you know what? I appreciate that. I do feel like I may be the queen of workout with as much as I go to the, that Pilates lately. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's doing its job, you know? So I liked your, um, your latest, uh, uh, voicemail and I may have mentioned this to you in the past, but I'm sure I have not mentioned it on our show. But I like how you ask people, what did they learn today? Or go out and learn something if they haven't learned something today. Yep. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll ask it on a weekly basis because I can't ask it like, I mean, I could ask you every day. But what did you learn this past week, Kesha? What did I learn this past week? Um, I learned a lot. So, uh, and some things may be reinforced. I learned that I have more patience than I thought I did. Okay. <laughs> is that um, <clears throat> is that something that I think that's something good to learn? Um, I don't know. So we've been I, I've, I'm so we've been reading the four agreements, and while some of it is is very familiar, I'm learning how to um, reinforce. Like I like words, and so I'm learning how really important it is <clears throat> um, how we use our words. You know how we. It, the first um, agreement talks about being impeccable with our words. So, um, so I'm learning even more just the truth of that. I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good about that, but it was just something that was reinforced again as we read through the book. No, I think, and it's interesting, that book uh, states that that's the first agreement and that everything drives from that, that, that being impeccable with your word is the foundation to everything mm -hmm. else that they talk of. And, you're, and it's fair to say this is not the Four Agreements is a small book. It is not. Um, it is not anything unique or different than you may have heard of before. It yeah. makes a lot of references, although it's it's based on Toltec wisdom, which I think is much well. It's certainly older than the than the New Testament, not necessarily older than the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, it is. Uh, it 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 references. In the book, he, he references the Bible a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I had this conversation with somebody about books, and I think that there are some, some 
repetitive ideas that come across in multiple books. Now, I think there's two ways that you can present that. I think sometimes you present something in a book and you try to present it off as something new and it's yours and that's not right. Uh, It is fair to say that you are repeating ideas or reinforcing ideas. And really, I think the question is how you take those existing ideas and present them. And I think the four agreements does a good job of taking some concrete ideas that have been out there for some time and representing them as opposed to someone who just states the same words and doesn't give anything to it. So I think there's, there's a difference and that's going to happen again next week with our book next week. Um, Sure, uh, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. He specifically references the Charles Duhigg book, um, The Power of Habit, mm-hmm. uh, right in his introduction, I believe. And, um, you know, he says, I'm, you know, I'm basing this off of the work of, of uh, Mr. Duhigg, or I'm sure he's Dr. Duhigg, well, what he is. But. Yeah, and, and I think that there are many books that do that. I know, like, for example, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Three Feet from Gold, which was written by Susan Lecter, and I can't remember the other author, um, was was an expansion, that their expansion or kind of going deeper into what that book was. So I get that. Like there, and, and that's good. You're going to read a book and there may be some further insight that you glean from that. Great, because you're, you're talking about an experience that you had that ties to some of these, for example, like in the Four Agreements, those pearls of wisdom, right? Um, and, and, and so I do think that he did a good job of being able to, um, explain that further, especially let's say if you read the Bible and you don't have an understanding of what that means. Sometimes you can read it as like mumble jumbo if you don't have an understanding. And so he takes some of those principles and expands it. And then the Toltec wisdom based on that experience that's slightly esoteric. So I think it's good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, um, it's interesting. You, you mentioned that we started talking about being impeccable with your words. Um, I started this week, I started back at um, the company that moved me to where I live to, to Virginia um, 15 years ago. And I started back there this week. And um, one of the things I told my kids right from the get go um, when I decided to, to come back to this company is about burning bridges and about how you sp- and about how you speak and about how you leave some place or how you join some place and how you are along the way, um, because I do believe that uh, you know if I had left here in a different way, there's I wouldn't be coming back here. <laughs> uh, for sure. Right. At the at the same time, I do also I also think that um, it's interesting. I you know I have spent um, the last few years. Um, extolling and expounding upon the idea of entrepreneurship and to some extent solopreneurship. And certainly I'm not a solopreneur um, and I, and I'm working in a very large organization, but I think entrepreneurship doesn't have to only be um, your own startup company. It can also be an entrepreneurial mind and how you do things. And that's one thing about the company that I'm, that I'm at is that they have, new ideas and they want to expand on new ideas. And so they value an entrepreneurial mind. And I think there are plenty of companies, small and large that, that do that. And then there's others. Right. That <laughs> and that may have happened over time, right? Would you think that was the case when you first started looking there? Um, I think that the founder of the company was certainly entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at some point the company was, was in, was in, it was certainly in a hyper growth mode, but it was, it had a different viewpoint. And I think now the leadership seems to, seems to value entrepreneurial thought. Um, 
And I'm sure there are people who don't. Look, there are people who get stuck in a box, a, a corporate box, and that's who they are. And there's others who say, no, you can, you can question things. You can look at things. But um, how you do it, how you go about doing it is, is important. And when we talk about, and I think that's at the beginning of this book, at the four agreements, I think that's why he lays that out as the first agreement about this being impeccable with your words. I wrote down uh, something that, a quote from there, um, being impeccable means you take responsibility for your actions, um, but you do not judge or blame yourself. Yeah. Because um, he suggests that when you actually do that, you're not, you're, you're not doing it. It's saying, you know, it's about being responsible. It's about, it's about living what you say and saying, you know, and, and uh, being straightforward about it. And I think that is, uh, that is key. I think there's a, a lot of lessons that can be learned and a lot of people who can do well to think of that in their daily life. Yes. I, I, I believe that <clears throat> I won't go over some of the other ones, but I believe that, um, you know, people say it loosely that quote, our words create our worlds. But um, I do believe that. I believe that as you, um, you know me, I'm always about gardening our lives. <laughs> pruning, pruning, you say. So as, we, as we prune the thoughts in our mind, because our words are not just the words that come out of our, our, our mouths. It's the words that we speak to ourselves. It's the, our, our words in our head. And um, which is why, so yesterday I posted uh, the giraffe on uh on the on Inst on our social media yep. because giraffes can be made many ways right there's a typical way giraffe can be like it's in its in its nature but this particular artist took all these colors and made this like happy giraffe this and and how did that happen they had a thought or words in their head i'm going to do something different and how they blended the colors and brought it together is all the things he talks about how our words create our creativity our feelings and you know we've got to take those things captive and really examine what we're thinking about think about what we're thinking about a lot um, thinking about what we're saying to other people and if we cannot like you said taking responsibility if we can't own up to the word that we speak then we also need to go back and make that right and say you know I said I would do X I'm not able to do that blah 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 all of those are those things and, um, and I believe it leads to a, a, a much more fulfilled and fulfilling life uh, and often, too, it probably tears down some people-pleasing components, right? When you're impeccable with your words, you may not be such a people-pleaser, but you're honoring. And, I, and, and, and then you realize that I just said that that person, I didn't really mean it, and I really don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to examine, like, you know, I'm being impeccable with my words, so I'm not going to tell you I'm going to do that because I really don't want to do that just to make you happy. And that's fair. Again, I think I think the honesty in what you say is more important than than just being. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to label it as nice or not nice or anything else. I think um, being straightforward about your intentions is uh, is key. I um, was having a very similar conversation um, here. I think yesterday or the day before. And I said, you know, when, when, and I, you know, when I'm serving as a lawyer and uh, someone says, well, tell them if you don't, if we don't do X, Y, or Z that we're going to sue them or whatever, you know, whatever kind of thing. This has been in my entire career. If you, you can well relate. You've heard similar types of statements, like a threat, right? Any threat you could think of. And I, 
have always said to my clients, um, okay, that's what you want to do. I need you to put it in writing that I have your authority to go forward with that thing that you want me to threaten. And very often they'll stop and they'll say, um, wait, we'll, 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 we'll think about that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that we're going to do that. I said, well, then I don't want to say it. And they said, well, why not? And I said, because I need to, I need to back up what I am saying. And if, and I am not going to make empty threats. I'm not going to, to suggest a course of action that I'm not ready to undertake. My name and my reputation are for doing as I, as I say I'm going to do. And I want to, and that is very important to me. And I'm not going to haphazard that on, on, on an empty threat that, that you want to make. So I'm all fine with, uh, with making the threat as long as that's the, that's the step we're going to take if they don't do what, what, what we want. Right. So, which goes to show that then, then we have the written word, right? Yep. So, <laughs> um, again, all word and, yeah, I just it's it's a good thing to live by. I remember I had I had a business coach many years ago and we had gone she was giving a conference and she said something and I, I think this is at the time like it, it it was a progression. There was a time in my life that I was careless with my words. And um and I could see the fruit of that in my life in a lot of places. And and I just and I and I realized I needed to do better. So by the time that I first met her and we'd spent some time together um she said the one thing i know about kisha is that she's careful with her words and and she just you know that that was impressive to her but um it is it is a discipline um especially when you recognize and so i can actually like experientially say like i remember my life was a little bit sloppier you know <laughs> <laughs> um you know careless words also lead to careless action so that's why I say that, the, you know, there, there it was it, my, my, and not that I was necessarily like, if someone looked at you, wouldn't be like, oh, you're like Pigpen. No, it wasn't like that. But I could definitely tell in other areas of my life. And as that began to change, I began to become more disciplined in those areas of my life as well. So, um, so I think that anyone, you know, we always think about, oh, I'm, I'm going to change. I'm going to, I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat better. But those things first start, start with how we talk to ourselves, right? How, how, we, how we bring that about, our words to ourselves, our, how we're going to do our eating habits, what are we saying to ourselves about those things? So I, I think that, you know, change your life, change your words. No, I think that's... that's uh, or change your words, change your life. Change your words, change your life. Yeah, I think that's very... Um, I think that's, that's good advice, and I think it's very true. And I think we have to... It's often good to stop and think about what, what we're saying or why we're saying it, and what is the impact we are hoping to accomplish it from, from it. And again, that's maybe that's the use of when I say sloppy words or, or things like that, it is this question of, is that really what you're trying to say? Is that really what you're, what, what the intention is um, in, in, in those things? Sloppy words. <laughs> I know you like when I said sloppy words. But you but said I, that to me one time. <laughs> and I was like, what? <sighs> We're using sloppy words. Uh-huh. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> well, uh, maybe, and maybe that's a testament to you I because you it. are so careful with your words, and you're so, and you're, and you are so, uh, and that, and you do respect that words matter. And so, if I caught you in a moment where you weren't being that way, it was just very unkisha-like. Is that fair? 
<laughs> it was fair. And I was okay when you said it. Again, we need to, sometimes we need a QA check on our, on our garden. <laughs> on our pruning of our garden. <laughs> so you, you came with a searchlight into my, into my words and was like, mm, that's looking a little weedy. <laughs> well, about that. no, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's okay though. So, um, so yeah, yes. go. go ahead. Okay. So, um, I want to kind of like touch on some of these other agreements. Yeah, please. <laughs> so this other one, which I think is like, this is, almost, it could almost be the golden rule. Okay. And when I worked for the airlines, it was one of the things that we say, they called it don't tip. That's what it was. So, because um, I started off in customer service and I'm going to tell you something. I, to this day, because I've worked in banking, I don't think I've met nastier customers than working for the airlines. And, and rightly, it's dealing with time. So time and money are our most important commodities, right? So when you deal with someone's time, it can be a big deal. But I don't think I've been cussed out as bad in any other situation. And so they would always say don't tip because you have to put yourself in the place that, so don't tip means don't take it personal. Ah. And so, um, and then then the second agreement, it says don't take anything personal. So the reason is because they're irate about a situation that happened to them. They don't know you. You know, like they don't, they don't know me personally. They don't know my life. They don't know where I've come from. And so if I get caught up in that emotion and take it personal as a personal attack against me, then I will say things without actually taking into consideration the situation we're in. And so he kind of, I really liked about um, don't take anything personal because by taking things personally, you set yourself up to suffer for nothing. <laughs> it's so true. It's, and it's, that's, the next time somebody cuts you off driving on the highway, you don't know if they're not rushing home because their house is on fire. That's right. And I won't take it personally. I, I, I don't actually e even sometimes say anything to them anymore. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. Again, I, I have this, uh, I guess I'm proving that uh, you can go home again because uh, here I am 11 years later back in, in the company that, that I was at. And I think, the version of me that was here 15 to 11 years ago was probably was very different than the version that's here today. Yeah. Including, um, I'm, I've always been a person who wears my heart on my sleeve to some extent, but, um, I think I took every slight personally and I don't do that, uh, as much anymore. I think I am, um, I have learned to let a lot more roll off and be, um, far far less um um extreme in my response <laughs> those are some good words <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe you disagree with me well perhaps I or <laughs> i do not i do not disagree i think that perhaps you've developed and you know what's good so i had a conversation with a friend yesterday and we were talking about like going home like your kids leave and come home and she was like but you have to come back different so basically, she we were just talking about like you know her daughter's since graduate college, but she said <clears throat> so. The scenario is that if you leave when you're home the first time, parents pretty much take care of stuff, right? right. <laughs> when you come back the second time, we're no longer. She says, but if you come back the second time, you come back different because it's not necessarily a parent role. You're an adult, say. Some people transition and come back home. She's like, and with that, when you come back different, you also we become partners. 
and you pay a good percentage of the bills, right? As opposed to whatever. And so when you leave, I think that if you leave a place and when you come back, you should come back better and different. If you come back the same, then I, there's no real value. Um, right. You know, to, to that. Um, and that's just what it is. No, I think for, so for me personally, I have, um, my knowledge has expanded. Uh, some of the, 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 the basic tenants are obviously still there. I'm still the same person, but I think yeah. my ability to, um, to not take things personally, mm-hmm. to understand um, that I might not know the context in which something is said, and that's okay, and I don't have to uh, immediately go to the, to the wrong place or the worst case scenario and instead be open to, to uh, some more understanding. Yes. Is, uh, is, is key. So is that, was that your favorite, um, was that your favorite of the, uh, of the agreements? Um, no, the one that I liked, I think we talked about this was, um, don't make assumptions. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, uh, one of the shortest ones too. Well, though, just because, um, it doesn't take a lot of words to express it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a significant impact. Oh, it has, it has extreme significant impact. Um, so this part right here, it's on page 64. It says, we create a lot of emotional poison by just, just by making assumptions and taking it personally. So it kind of brings those two agreements together. I think all these agreements kind of tying together in our lives. And if we're not careful, we need to make sure that we break them. Um, because usually we start gossiping about our assumptions. Remember, gossiping is the way we communicate to each other in the dream of hell and transfer poison to one another. I because tell... Yeah. I tell leaders all the time that um, in the absence of information, that void will be filled, and it will usually be filled with the worst-case scenario assumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, that couldn't be more true than in this moment. In, in this moment in time when we're dealing with pandemic and some people are questioning the validity of the pandemic. Some people are questioning how we're going to solve for the pandemic. Uh, You know, there's so much out there. We're living this whole thing real time. And when we don't have information, uh, I mean, we're, we're desperate for information. And when we don't have information, we fill it with worst case scenarios on a regular basis. And we do that in our own lives. We do that in our business lives. We do that in so many places. So I have, constantly um, told leaders, suggested to leaders that they do have to get out in front of something. They do have to make a statement. That they do have to, that they do have to fill the void because otherwise um, the people who are looking for the answer from you will assume that you're not saying something because the only thing you have to say is bad news and they will, their minds will run those, the squirrels in their heads will run them down to, to that, to that bad scenario, which may have, no place in reality. I agree. I also think though that there's a root to that. I think assumptions are made out of a couple of things. We make assumptions because we're because of fear. We're either afraid to ask the person who actually has the answer. So we're where there may be maybe that person, if they're a boss, they are intimidating, so they want to ask. And so fear causes them to assume what they think the person will say instead of going to the person to ask them what they will say. That's one. The other thing is I think that if, they, if it's a relationship, let's say that you have a leadership relationship, it could be a friend relationship or whatever it is, and someone who you respected 
and then you had asked them a question and they weren't trustworthy or they lied. And so that person will now make assumptions because they don't trust whether the person, whether they ask the person something, if they're going to tell them the truth. And so they'll operate out of an assumption as a result of the fact they've been lied to or that person has been proven untrustworthy. And, um, and so I think, so I, and, and so until you kind of like deal with that or they can have a real frank question about, because I, I know that I've experienced that myself. Um, and so until someone's able to be upfront with you or trustworthy, when you observe certain things, you may not ask because you're like that person lied. I don't know if that person's going to tell me the truth about this thing I'm asking. So I'm just going to assume that what I saw was what was real. <laughs> and, and that's, and, and that is, um, that's real. That, that's, that, that's where a lot of that comes from. It's a lot, I think, so fear and a lack of trust. That doesn't make it right. But, um, you know, those are relationship things we, we have to get over. And so if you can't enter into a place where you can have an integral conversation about like these things that you ask, because yes, we will fill in the blanks. They may not always be good, but why is that happening? Yeah. And so, um, it is, it is important not to make assumptions, but I think we probably don't even realize half the time when our mind goes there. Mm -hmm. We don't even necessarily think it's an assumption. I remember once, um, I was interviewing an employee about something and he kept giving me these answers, um, about, this thing about, well, it's because of this or it's because of that. And I said, okay, well, why is it because of that? How do you know that that's the fact, right? Well, because I just know. Well, what do you mean you just know? Did someone tell you? Did you read a document? Did you, like, how did you know? No, it's just, I know. And I'm like, again, how do you know? Mm -hmm. What is that? What is your knowledge based on? Right. Mm -hmm. Again, did someone tell you this thing or did you, did you read it somewhere? You know, our knowledge has to come from somewhere. Right. Frankly, if you just know and it doesn't, and you didn't, and you didn't learn it from something, then it is an assumption. Right. You can't just, you don't just know something. Everything, well, perhaps, everything, perhaps when you, born, you maybe learn. he should have used better words. Maybe he was saying his intuition is telling him based on, and again, that could be an assumption, but it goes back to what I just said. There may be an experience in play that has caused him to observe a situation. I'm not saying that that assumption is correct, but sometimes it can be. Sure. Um, it's, it's the same as if we look at somebody who we observe um, something about their character and we're like, oh, this person is like more than like, like that. How do you know that? You may not know that person, but you can be dead on. Why? Because you have learned through experience perhaps how to read certain things. I, so that's I, what I yeah, I was not suggesting that 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 this individual was wrong. What I was asking is, mm -hmm. was it fact or was it opinion? Sure. And he and he kept saying, "It's oh, it's fact." I'm like, okay. "Oh no, no, fact yeah. has to have something." Fact Again, has to have some con. Yes, I yeah. agree. But he was, but so, but in in his daily life and in probably all our daily lives, we make certain assumptions. Mm-hmm. We make we make we make, and sometimes and and so it's very much a question of. And maybe that word that you just used, intuition, is is important. But at the same same time, in the absence of fact, when that when that um, assumption comes in, is it based on intuition or is it based on something maybe like a bad place? Is it based because of a prior experience? Is it based because well, this is what happened to me the last time I was here, so it's going to happen again, regardless mm -hmm. of whether that's grounded in in any truth or not. Right. 
So it's like I say to <clears throat> something I adopted a couple of years ago because I believe that it can take on like unnecessary energy. He kind of alludes to this a little bit about when you see people. So I always say that when you are going through something or this, you see somebody, they walk away, right? And you can assume things, but sometimes we reach for an emotion that doesn't exist, right? So like I always say, don't go find the emotion if you don't have it. So if you're in a situation, people say, you should be sad right now. I'm not feeling sadness. So I'm not going to go look for the sad emotion so that I can, you know, be sad about what I just saw. I'm just like, I don't, I don't have a point of reference for that. So I'm not going to go look for the emotion of that person just dissed me. They waved at me and, and walked away like it was no big deal, right? Uh, I should be sad. I should be mad. No, I don't feel that way. Inside me, you may have a better understanding of why that happened and not go create this victimization sometimes that comes from when we start assuming um, people's yeah. actions. In, in fairness, on the other side, if you are feeling an emotion, if you are feeling sad or angry, I think it's worth taking a moment to think about why, and this, why am I really I thinking this? And, and where is this coming from? And, and yeah. I don't want to say, do I have the right to feel that way? Because of course you have, it's, you have the right to feel that way, but what is causing you to feel that way? And if you take a moment to break that down and really think about it, you may find that it's based on an assumption. It may be, well, like you said, that they dissed me. Well, you believe they dissed you and you got upset by it, but now let's think about that. Did they really dish you or is that just something that you, maybe they didn't see you. Maybe they didn't even notice you were there and they just happened to walk by you and they were so in their own mind on something else. They just, they just missed it. Right. And that's when you pick up the phone and say, Hey, I saw you. Is everything okay? Because again, that's where you bridge the gap between what that assumption is or is not. You know, I've learned, I don't try to be a mind reader anymore about things. Um, Well, you know, other than what I observe and, (laughs) <laughs> so you do, but okay. <laughs> not a mind reader. I'm not trying to read someone's mind, but I, I will um, more than likely observe their actions. But, you know, the other day I was really busy. I had to go pick up some supplies. I saw somebody I know and I was like, hey, I acknowledge it. I was like, hey, how's it going? It's kind of cold in here. And I just kept it moving, right? Normally we would talk and have a conversation. I just didn't have any margin of time to be able to do that. And and I didn't go though. So the people pleasing side of us can go and try to make up for that. Cause in our minds, we're like, Oh my gosh, what if they took that as rude? And then I got to go back and do that. We don't, I think sometimes we spend a lot of time needing to, to like, we live in a world, I think that's so victimized that we constantly feel like we've got to go and make things right. <laughs> we don't just, and then, you know, if that person called me like, Hey, what was up? You're kind of quick. Oh yeah. I had to get back to work or whatever. There you go. I'm, I'm with you. Well, Kisha, I, I enjoyed this book. I enjoyed discussing it with you. Um, we're at 31 minutes as usual. We run through, run through our day like, uh, like it's nothing. So um, yeah. I hope you enjoy your, um, your Labor Day weekend. I hope you enjoy yours as well. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.